0: You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Let's get to it Welcome to another special edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast I hope you are popping your little bit of the bubbly Because today we are celebrating the 30 year anniversary of Chris Jericho's career I am joined by one of my closest friends I love this man like a brother He's younger than me but he looks older than me He's back on the podcast Nicholas Fozzie Rosano What's up bud? Dude, it's great to be back. I love this podcast. I love Chris Jericho, my favorite wrestler. So, you know, let's get to it, right? That's exactly why I wanted you here. He is your favorite. He is the GOAT. And today we're going to be talking about the career of Chris Jericho. Recently on AEW Dynamite, they had a celebration for Chris Jericho's 30-year anniversary. Um, It's only fitting that we here, as big Jericho fans, I've gone on record, and you have too, as... Probably that Chris Jericho is probably the greatest wrestler of all time. Absolutely, one hundred percent. You can you can argue him, you can argue Shawn Michaels, but for the sake of this episode, he is the goat. So, um, just going to go in here first. Fuzz, I'll ask you: um, What was your first memory of seeing Chris Jericho? Was it a match? Was it a, was it a segment? It was just his intro. Like I remember being a little kid and watching
1: the clock tick down. Mm-hmm. and this man in bright lights just come out doing that like you know that pose he does with his arms extended and his song hit and it was like wow like this guy is cool and then i remember him just doing his segments man like the arrogant smug persona that was chris jericho from then till now and it's absolutely incredible to, to you know just remember all of that and becoming a fan at a young age and it feels good to see him keep on going 30 years of this man
0: it's hard to argue just well it's hard to not argue that he could be the greatest ever because I don't think we've ever seen a wrestler with his type of tenure to not only stay relatively on top but most importantly relevant because if anything we've seen that Chris Jericho has changed throughout the course of his career he's never been one a guy to stick with a gimmick that worked and just keep you know, beating it, being like a dead horse. We've seen yeah. plenty. Of, we've seen plenty of wrestlers do that over the years, but Jericho has always been able to stay relevant. That's, you know, one of the key things that I think make him, uh, you know, the goat. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about Jericho's career. We're going to talk about every, just about everything he has done. We're going to try and get everything done with at least in an hour, but I hope you sit back, relax and listen to us morons. Talk about the goat. That is Chris Jericho. So, Brushing over a little bit A few things here Chris Jericho was born in uh, Massahet, uh, New York I probably butchered that uh, He was born Christopher Keith Irving And he is the son of New York Rangers legend Ted Irving And Hell uh, yeah and Fozzie, you're a big uh, Rangers fan, so that's a I big am. plus for you Yep So uh, uh. He was born in New York, but he grew up In uh, in Canada and if you all remember that famous, uh, famous line from that match Survivor Series, when he tells him go back to Toronto to a fan yells at Jericho he goes I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I actually remember that one. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was him and Big Show against uh, Undertaker. It was that year when like the tag teams were facing the world champions. It was Big Show and Jericho versus uh, Taker for the world title, and then Shawn Michaels and Triple H when they were DX against John Cena for the WWE Championship. Anyway. Uh, It says here that he started watching uh, wrestling uh, in AWA, uh, American Wrestling Association, events that took place in the Winnipeg area with his family and desires to become a professional wrestler himself began when he saw footage of Owen Hart then appearing with Stampede Wrestling, performing various high-flying moves. In addition, Irving was also called Owen Hart's older brother, uh, also cited Owen Hart's older brother, Brett, Ricky Steamboat and Shawn Michaels as his inspirations for becoming professional wrestlers. Now those mm-hmm. names right there, they're some of the best wrestlers who ever lived. Shawn Michaels, oh, Bret Hart, yeah. Yeah. Ricky Steamboat, Owen Hart. Um, I mean one thing for sure with those guys is that you know Bret and Owen are both Canadian guys. Um, famously for the 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 Hart family. Um, the dungeon, right? The they the, had the the Hart. Yes, the Hart Dungeon. Um. And Chris Jericho comes from a long line of great Canadian wrestlers, like I just mentioned, Owen and Bret Hart. We also have Edge, uh, Kenny Omega, uh, oh, Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea Green is another one that just popped up in my head, and I'm sure there's Kevin a, Owens. Kevin Owens, I forgot about Kevin Owens. There's a bunch. Oh, uh, yeah. can, can uh Lance Storm as well. Uh, Dolph, Z- uh, not Dolph. Uh, Sammy Zayn, right? He's a Canadian. Yes, Sami Zayn is Canadian. You're you're on fire today, bud. You're, <laughs> nice remember, you're remembering more. You're remembering more Canadian wrestlers than I am. Anyway, Chris Benoit. Oh my God. Yes, Chris <laughs> Benoit. Jeez, you're <laughs> you're in real role today. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, it's it's no secret that Chris Jericho he has cited uh, Shawn Michaels as as his favorite wrestler, as the greatest wrestler of all time. Um, and going through his career, he went. Uh, he worked for a promotion called Smoky Mountain Wrestling, ran by Jim Cornette. Uh, which famously, he broke his arm before a show, tra- practicing, I can't remember what move it was, and he kind of had to wrestle the match in a cast. Oh my uh, Yeah, it says here, 1994 saw Jericho, uh, he teamed with Lance Storm as the Thrill Seekers, Jim Cornette's uh, Appalachian Smoky Mountain Wrestling's promotion, where they feuded with the likes of Well Done, the Rock and Roll Express, and the Heavenly Bodies. Uh, we see here that... Jericho was in ECW for a brief period of time, 1995, thanks to a part of recommendations by Chris Benoit, Dave Meltzer, and Perry Saturn to promoter Paul Heyman. And after Mick Foley saw Jericho's match against Ultimo Dragon for the War International Ju- uh, Junior Heavyweight Championship, I believe that's his time in New Japan, mm. in, in July 1995 and gave a tape of the match to To Heyman, Jericho began wrestling for Philadelphia-based Extreme Championship Wrestling, which we all know as ECW, winning the ECW World Television Championship from Pitbull No. 2 in June June 1996, while in ECW, Jericho wrestled Taz, Sabu, Rob Van Dam, Mick Foley as Cactus Jack, Shane Douglas, and 2 Cold Scorpio. He made his final appearance at the Doctor, uh, Doctor Is In in August 1996. It was during this time he drew the attention of World Championship Wrestling, otherwise known as WCW. So, Fozzie, I'm not sure if you're too familiar with his ECW career, but he was. Jericho was one of those guys in ECW where Heyman wasn't just trying to make it like it's all about the hardcore. He was trying to make it a variety because you have guys. Yes, like Taz and Sabu and Rob Van Dam and Mick Foley as Cactus Jack. But you also had guys like Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio. Chris Benoit, yeah, I remember. Chris, ben- Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, all these guys who were workhorse came up together, guys. right? Yes, these are workhorse guys in this promotion. And it caught the eye of Eric Bischoff, and he's like, all right, I'm going to take them, and he did. But that was a, a thing that was drawing eyes to ECW, is that they, they not only just have you know, these brawls and these extreme matches, but they have guys who can really work. And that was the likes of Jericho and company.
1: And you know what? I was watching dark side of the ring. I was watching the Chris Benoit story. And, you know, you heard Jericho speak a lot about like them coming up as a group together and wanting to show the companies out there, you know, WCW, ECW, WWE, all of them, you know, we can perform just as big as the big guys. we are just as big as the top cards
0: yeah know? it's it's crazy and, to think that a guy like chris jericho like you know i'll i'll look at at his uh his you know how tall he is he is six foot he's six feet tall and he's billed at two hundred and twenty seven pounds mm-hmm. now I'm sure he was six feet tall at the time, and however it's crazy to think that. A guy like Chris Jericho, six feet tall. That's small. That's for, that's for small more wrestling back then. You know, oh, you yeah. you had guys who were you know like six five and they weighed like two hundred.
1: Yeah, how tall? 240,
0: 250 pounds, almost three hundred. How tall was Hulk Hogan? I don't like know. Six, seven, six, eight. I mean, something I mean, crazy. I don't think he's that tall. That's that's getting the territory of how big Andre was. I think Hogan was probably only a few a few more inches taller than Jericho. Hogan's probably like 6'4", 6'5", in his prime. You but know, there, were these beef, there were
1: these beefy big guys, man. Yeah. You know, Macho that's, Man.
0: That's what it was. That's exactly what it was. So let's go through a little bit of Jericho's uh, WCW career here. It says that on August 26, 1996, Jericho made his first appearance in WCW Monday Night Show against Alex Wright. On September fifteenth, he appeared at his first pay-per-view show in a match against Chris Benoit at Fall Brawl. On June 28, 1997, Jericho defeated uh, Six, which is a.k.a. Xbox, when he was in the NWO. In Los Angeles, California, to win the WCW Cruiserweight Championship for the first time, he won the title again on August 12th by defeating Alex Wright, the guy he had the first match with. Jericho began to run as a heel, and he won the third time by defeating Rey Mysterio at Sold Out, forcing him to submit to the Lion Tamer. After the match, Jericho assaulted Mysterio's knee with a toolbox, and the storyline Mysterio needs six (laughs) months to recover before he could return to the ring. Jericho then had a uh, shoot feud with uh, Genevieve Guevara, I'm not sure if i read that name right, in a match where Guerrero, Guevara yeah. No, Guevara. Sorry, Guerrera. So bar, okay. Guerrera, sorry. In which Guerrera repeatedly requested a shoot a shot at Jericho's uh, Cruiserweight Championship, but Jericho consistently uh rebuffed him. The feud culminated in a title versus mass match at Super Bowl seven. Guerrero uh, lost the match and was forced to remove his mask. Following the match, Jericho began an ongoing gimmick of collecting uh, wearing a ring trophy items from his defeated opponents, such as Guerrero's mask, Prince uh, La Hawaiian dress, and a headband from Disco Inferno. Look at that Uh, picture
1: of him right there, dude. I'm on the same page as you right now.
0: with that smile Uh, for those of you who are listening definitely can't see this but it shows Jericho at WCW uh, taping back in 98 and he's got a a beer in his hand and a pool cue so he must be out at a bar or something (laughs) so going through this time over here I know he, we one of the famous things that we remember from Chris Jericho's career in WCW is his feud with Dean Malenko, leading to the infamous segment of him in the ring <laughs> with, I believe it was Tony Schiavone, or it was Mean Gene, was I, don't, I don't remember. But, you know, they called Dean Malenko the man of a thousand holds. Well, he called himself the man of a thousand and one holds. And he's got this long piece of paper. And Chris Jericho mentions, names all the things all the moves that he does. Number one, arm bar. Number two <laughs> other arm bar. Number three. Yeah. And it just kept going and going. And when they came back from commercial break, Jericho was still going. This was one of the few this is one of the things where we started to see that Chris Jericho has a lot of charisma, a lot of character, and he's very entertaining and funny.
1: Oh yeah. Dude, I when you were telling me to do my homework and I was watching, um, He's like documentary and they came out with the man of a a, a thousand and four holes or thousand four holes. That's what it was. And he was like, they said, he said arm bar like four times in the list. And the list was like, he unrolled it. It went all over the ring and I was cracking up because it's like (laughs) he, he changes his character and his persona, but he stays the same in a way. And, you know, we'll get to it later, but, like, it, they compared that to, like, when he brought out the list. Like, remember, the you just made the list. Remember that?
0: Uh, yes, yes. That we whole will, segment. We'll get to the list later on as we get through Jericho's career.
1: But, dude, I just love That's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> it unrolls, and it's all over the ring, and he's like, I'm better than you. <laughs>
0: yeah. You know? So I'll go through this next brief statement here uh, when it is time for the World Television Championship. On August 10th, Jericho defeated Stevie Ray to win the World Television Championship, Stevie Ray substituting for the champion Booker T. Soon afterwards, Jericho repeatedly called out WCW World Heavyweight Champion Goldberg in an attempt to begin a feud with him, but never actually wrestled him. Jericho cites Eric Bischoff, Goldberg, and Hulk Hogan Hulk Hogan's refusal to book Jericho in a pay-per-view squash match lost against Goldberg, which Jericho felt would be a big draw as a major reason for leaving the company. On November 3rd, Jericho lost the world television title to Conan. In early 1999, Jericho began a feud with Perry Saturn. The feud saw Jericho and Saturn uh, instigating bizarre stipulation matches such as Sold Out, where Jericho defeated Saturn in a a loser-must-wear-a-dress match. (laughs) At Super Brawl, I'm terrible with reading Roman numerals. That's the uh, super nine. super roll nine. nine. Okay, fuck it. Let's just go with it. And my there we go. Okay, Jericho and Saturn wrestle uh, Yeah, there we go. Uh, dress, sure. dress. I gotta watch that later. I don't
1: know. <laughs> which about Jericho that.
0: won? <laughs> Saturn finally defeated Jericho uncensored in a dog collar match. Jericho. Uh, alter alternate between WCW and a number of Japanese tours before he signed a contract with World Wrestling Federation. On June 30th, Jericho's final WCW match became uh, during came during a P- uh, Piora Illinois house show on July 21st where he and Eddie Guerrero lost to Billy Kidman and Ramos Mysterio Jr. in a tag match. So, And we'll go through his uh, New Japan stint here too. So in January 1997, Jericho made his debut for New Japan Pro Wrestling, who had a working agreement with WCW as Super Liger, the mass nemesis of Juice and Thunder Liger, according to Jericho, Super Liger's first match against uh, Koji uh, Kanemoto at, at Wrestling World 1997 was poorly received that the gimmick was dropped instantly. Jericho bot, uh, botched several moves in the match and complained he had difficulty seeing through the mask. The following six months, Jericho would work for New Japan unmasked before being called back to WCW on September 23rd, 1998. Jericho made a one-night-only return to New Japan at the year's Big Wednesday show, teaming with Black Tiger against the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions uh, Shinjiro Anati and Kasahito Takawaya. I, I'm butchering these names right now. In a title match with Jericho, and which Jericho and Tiger lost. So yeah, Jericho had a brief stint in New Japan um, before he went to WWF. Um Yep. Him talk- and I think who was in charge of uh of that Bischoff? W- Not with- New Japan, the other one. WCW, yeah, the thing with WCW back then, there were so many different bookers. I mean, Bischoff was really the main guy, but then you'd have other guys like Goldberg and Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash and Scott Hall also possibly being bookers. Kevin Sullivan was a booker at one point because a lot of the top guys had creative control, but yeah. they took advantage of that creative control. So we mentioned there how Gold. Uh, Jericho tried having a match with Goldberg, but nothing ever happened.
1: Exactly, something that you something that Jericho thrived for and tried to attain was like his creative control and you don't see that until today you know, and look how long he's been doing it you see all these, look at all the big names you just named you know, <laughs> and they had all of that, but it's cool because I I was watching before with how um, he, yeah, he would alternate between uh, WCW and he would go to Japan and do like little tours in Japan and so he was a big he was already pretty big in Japan, like before he went back for new Japan pro wrestling. Yeah, so the thing
0: is like in the recent era. <laughs> so the thing being, Jericho was having these things every week. One thing that really baffles me is that he was calling out Goldberg every week, and this is when Goldberg had his streak, you know? And yep. every week when Goldberg wouldn't come out, Jericho said, I beat the streak, I beat Goldberg, I beat Goldberg. And then he'd come out like Goldberg and have these fat guys with him as the security guards. He'd be, he'd lose his <laughs> way getting to the <laughs> ring. What I don't understand is that's if, gold. If, on, if, that's if, comic that Goldberg. is really great. If they never had the uh, the plan to put Jericho in a in, in a squash match with with Goldberg, that. Because that's the thing. Goldberg's big thing is that, you know, his matches were were notoriously short. They were never long because when Goldberg tried working long matches, he'd blow himself up. There's a there's a there's a match he tried having with William Regal. I think Bischoff told him to go out there and try and give him 20 minutes and Goldberg was horrible. It was a horrible match. And it's, it's so,
1: crazy cuz of how athletic Goldberg is in the fact that he gasses out like that, you know. Well, that it's that the thing of- it
0: it's just he's a bigger guy and he kind of, you know, works himself too hard. You know, yep. he doesn't didn't really know the proper placing. Yeah, so it, it baffles me that Jericho's getting to do these segments on television. We all saw them or if you, if you didn't see them, you can go on YouTube or go on the W network and watch them and they're very entertaining. And you, you as a fan are thinking Goldberg is going to kick Jericho's ass and nothing ever came <laughs> of it No. Nah. I- I don't understand. Until like, later on, like way later, right? Like, like, why wouldn't you just do that? Like, it could be a quick, like it could be a quick squash match. Like that's apparently that's what Jericho only wanted. A Minute long, it could have been a minute long. That's all he wanted. He just wanted a quick squash match. Goldberg still looks like the hero, and then Jericho gets his comeuppance as the heel. That's, I mean, that's really, really poor booking. Uh, but WCW is full of that. Yeah. So, unfortunately. We will get to... I guess we should move on to his WWE stuff. So the first thing that we had seen... uh, For a while before Jericho comes, we see this countdown clock on Raw. And it's counting down a certain date. And we're not really sure what this means. So when Jericho came to WWE, he debuted, I believe, in Chicago. The Rock is in the ring. The countdown clock... Is starting to go down. It's at like 15 seconds. I remember. I remember yep. this. Yeah. The clock, the counter stops. It hits zero. You see, like, video of like you know, like Manhattan or something. And then up on this Titantron, you see Jericho, and the crowd loses their shit. Exploded, Everyone's losing yeah. their mind. He's got his arms. Up in the air and goes, welcome to Raw is Jericho. And the place, it it erupts. It just erupts. Like, what a way to say we're putting so much faith in you because we are putting you in your debut segment against the rock. The man who is king on the mic, the rock. Like,
1: you can't get, you know what I mean? Like.
0: Yeah, one of the greatest promo guys, one of the greatest wrestlers, one of the oh. biggest stars to ever come out of pro wrestling history. Like that's a big deal when they're putting you like he was one of the top like one of the top guys and back in this that, is a, back in that day.
1: I know this is like a tribute uh podcast for him, but you know what, dude? He went like head to head with him, and I think he I think he carried his own. Honestly, against like the rock who was that star of WWE, you know what I mean? Like
0: well, of course. I mean, Rock and, and Jericho are two really great workers. Let's oh. let's go through this a little bit here. So in the weeks, of Jericho's, like we said, debut, clock label Countdown to New Millennium appearing on WF Programming. On the home video, Break Down the Walls, Jericho uh, State inspired to do this as an entrance. When he saw a similar clock in a post office and Vince McMahon approves it using his introduction to the WF, the clock finally ran Out on August 9th on Raw in Chicago, Illinois, The Rock was in the ring, cutting a promo on the Big Show. Jericho entered the arena proclaiming Raw as Jericho and that he had come to save the Royal Wrestling Federation, referring to himself as Y2J on play of the Y2K bug. The Rock proceeded to verbally mock him for an interruption later that month. He would interact with several superstars, including a particular interrupting promo that The Undertaker was involved in. Jericho made his in-ring debut as a heel on August 26, losing a match against Road Dogg by disqualification on... In the inaugural episode of SmackDown, after he performed a powerbomb on the ro- uh, Road dog to the table, Jericho's first long-time feud was with China for the Intercontinental Championship. After losing to China at Survivor Series, Jericho defeated her to win the f- his first Intercontinental Championship at Armageddon. The feud included converse- uh, controversial decision during the re- uh, during a rematch in which two separate referees declared, excuse me, each one of the winner. For the match title, as a result, they became co-champions. During which Jericho turned face; he attended sole champion uh, status at the Royal Rumble. Now, I remember this. I remember Jericho speaking on his podcast saying that Vince wanted him to go work with China, and he wanted to work to prove himself. He had to work with China and he had to work with X-Pac. And he's like, if you can work with these guys, well, with 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 him and her, you get a good match out of them. Then you'll be all right. But he's testing him, as as much of a big spotlight that he's putting him on. That he's putting him in there with the Rock. he's still got to prove his worth. Yeah, you still got to climb the ladder,
1: and you know, no matter what you do, you still you got to climb that ladder. When you, you because well that was his that, that was his debut right that for the WWF or the WWE right? Yeah, when he came in
0: when he came in Chicago. He came in in 1999. And. Yeah,
1: you got to start with your little matches, man. You got to bring yourself up and, you know. I think China was, I think that was, I I vaguely remember that.
0: uh, China's Intercontinental Champion?
1: Yeah, I, like a distant memory. Like, you know, I mean, again, getting old. <laughs> no, I mean, I again, Foz. He's
0: been doing this for thirty years. He's done so. We're only into like a portion of his career right now. There's so much yeah. stuff that he has done, and there's so much more we have to try and get through. We've only been doing this for a little over twenty minutes. Yeah, so, you're right. Let's try and skim over a few things because obviously we're not going to be able to get through everything. However, let's get to this over here on April seventeenth episode of Raw. Jericho upset Triple H in a WWF Championship match. Referee Earl Hebner made a fast count when Jericho made the pin for Jericho to win the title. Now, real quickly, I remember in again in Jericho's podcast, he had mentioned how he was super frustrated at the time with what was given to him, and the storylines was going on with Jericho, and he wanted to march in the Vince's office, and he wanted to quit the night he was winning the title from Triple H. He was he's like I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm going in there, I'm quitting. And I think it was either Gerald Briscoe or or maybe even Pat Patterson who's like, no, you don't want to do that. He's like, why not? He's like, well, because you're winning the title tonight. He's like, what? Yeah, you're winning the title. It. I remember it opened Raw. and Wow. The, because <laughs> I think Triple H got involved with Briscoe. Uh, <laughs> Triple H, um, no, it was Earl Heppner who was the referee. He like pushed him and then... Uh, Jericho, uh, think got a roll-up, whatever it was, and then, uh, Petner hit the fast count. Then the re- decision was reversed because it was, the referee wasn't being impartial. But the pop Jericho got that night, thinking that he won the title, was massive. It was incredible. Um... Triple H, uh, Jericho's feud with Triple H and did it fully loaded when the company uh, they competed in a last-man-standing match. Jericho lost the match to Triple H only by one second. Despite the repeated assistance from Triple H twice, Stephanie McMahon proved him in the match. At the Royal Rumble 2010, Jericho defeated Chris Benoit in a ladder match to win the WF Intercontinental title for the fourth time uh, at WrestleMania 17, X7, whatever you want to call it. He successfully defended his title against William Regal, only to lose it four days later to Triple H at Judgment Day. Chris Benoit and Jericho won a tag team turmoil match and earned a shot at Stone Cold Steve Austin. Triple H to storm the two man power trip against for the WWF tag team titles on Raw the next night. Benoit and Jericho won the match in which Triple H legitimately tore his uh, quadriceps, spending the rest of the year injured. And Benoit and Jericho each became a WWF tag team champion for the first time. The team defeated their title, defended their titles in the first ever Fatal Four Way. Tables, Ladders, and Chairs match, where Benoit sustained a year-long injury after missing a diving headbutt through a table. Despite Benoit being carried out of the stretcher, he returned to the match to climb the ladder and retain the championship. The two lost the title one month later to the Dudley Boys on June 21st, episode SmackDown. King of the Ring, both Benoit and Jericho competed in a triple-threat match for Austin's WWE Championship, in which Booker T interfered as a catalyst of the invasion angle. Despite Booker's interference, Austin retained the title. So around this time, uh, if you remember that match, that that main event of Raw, it's one of them, one of the great forgotten matches in uh, that we can't really talk about uh, in WWE. The match where Triple H tore his quad, and then he comes back after a year, almost a year long injury, coming back to Madison Square Garden, and you know I do remember that. Wow, like, that yeah. passionate promo, that reaction he got. He didn't know if he was gonna get booed or cheered, but but people were so happy, and that eventually led to the Jericho. I was uh, happy. (laughs) The the Jericho Triple H feud uh, leading to WrestleMania 18 the following year, and that was a brutal match uh, between Austin and and Triple H, and then Jericho uh, and Benoit. But we'll skip over to the uh, the undisputed WWE Championship. You know all this when he said how he beat The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin in the very same night. That's when he got to both titles, right? That's so when he got both titles, WCW oh, and the yeah. world, uh, w, uh, WWF title. I remember uh, all that. At Vengeance, Jericho defeated both The Rock for the World Championship, WCW Championship, and Steve Austin for his WWF Championship the same night, becoming the first wrestler to hold both championships at the same time, which made him the first undisputed WWF champion as well as the fourth Grand Slam winner under the original format. He retained the title of the Royal Rumble against The Rock at No Way Out and at No Way Out against Austin. Jericho later lost the uh, title to Royal Rumble winner Triple H in the main event of WrestleMania X8. Jericho was later drafted to SmackDown, branded an inaugural WF Draft Lottery. He would later appear at Backlash, interfering Triple H H's undisputed championship match against Hollywood Hulk Hogan. He was quickly dumped out of the ring, but Triple H would go on to lose the match. This would lead to Hell in a Cell at Judgment Day in May, where Triple H would emerge victorious. Jericho would then compete in 2002, King of the Ring, defeating Edge. The big Valboski, uh being Val Venis, to advance the semifinals where he defeated uh, he was defeated by Rob Van Dam at King of the Ring. July, he began a feud with the debuting John Cena, losing to him at Vengeance. Mm-hmm. So, now we're going to get to that amazing WrestleMania 19 match against Shawn Michaels.
1: Oh Jesus Christ, man! I, I think, watched
0: that today. Oh, what were you I, gonna say? What were you gonna say? I, I was just gonna say, th- uh, talk, talk about it. What were your thoughts seeing that match?
1: <laughs> so you, like, like I said before, you told me, Foz, you know, brush up on your wrestling, do your homework, and I did. And you told me to watch that match. And oh, see, when I when I watched that match, I was sitting next to my fiance. And she looked at me, and she's like, "You look like a kid, like you know." Because I was, I there was some. It's an old match. I I was standing up, like, "Let's go, let's go, let's go!" I was, I was getting pumped, you know. It was incredible because that match made me feel like a little kid again, watching wrestling. And the effect that that match had on me today versus when I saw it when I was a kid, and you know, the times we watched it together, it's always the same reaction. Always like I'm watching that match for the first time. Every time I watch it, I'll watch it again right now, and I'll have the same reaction. It's what an incredible match against, you know, two of the greatest wrestlers
0: who ever graced the the ring. Absolutely. I think it was at this point, up until this point, this was probably Jericho's greatest match. And we'll talk about some of our favorite Jericho matches, and we'll talk about what we think his best match is in a little bit. Uh, this this for me this is where jericho really arrived i mean he was doing well yeah. he was treated like a big deal but this was his really like uh, it, like i said to the to the date it's, at the time it was his most amazing match he had ever done you can talk all day about the accomplishment this guy has done you know he's the most he's won the intercontinental championship more times than anybody he's made event wrestling... Uh, yeah he made event wrestling against triple h He's the first ever undisputed champion in WWE. Uh, Multiple-time tag team champion. Multiple-time United States champion. Uh, the list goes on and on of the amazing feuds he's had. But this was the match where it really solidified Jericho as a top guy. Because if you can have a great match with Shawn Michaels, I mean, really, Shawn Michaels can bring anybody to a great match.
1: I mean, I think every, but, I think every fight he had with Shawn Michaels was absolutely incredible what was the one where he like Shawn michaels cut his eye too much and it was, he was just bleeding all over the place what was that, that the great american uh
0: was it the great american bash yeah it I was think great it was it was, it was, yeah. it was great america it was the great american bash jericho and michaels this was during their feud um i guess uh we'll get to that in a second. later yeah yeah yeah, in a second uh, that, let's just skip over to when he came back to the WWE, and it was in 2007. It was a very similar kind of vibe of when he made his debut. I remember when I was a kid, I was going to my best friend, Ed, who's been on this podcast before, and I was saying, like, you know what, man? I think Jericho's coming back. So, like, 2007, I, I think uh, Randy Orton was a champion at the time. And it just kept saying, you know, these messages kept saying, save us, save us. And it came up, and it went and said, save us, Y2J. And I'm like, ah! Oh, and Jericho came back, and he faced Randy Orton for the uh, for the WWE Championship. Where when he came back, he introduced the Codebreaker. Yes. Uh, he, Jericho had never really had a uh, his main finisher was the Walls of Jericho, the Walls li- Jericho li- Lion Tamer. He had a new finisher. Uh so it was the Codebreaker. I'm like, oh, I like the Codebreaker. Um, I like it. Yeah. Moving on, later on, he got into a feud with uh, Shawn Michaels and Batista where he suggested that Michaels enjoyed retiring Ric Flair because Shawn Michaels attacked him. Chris Jericho thus asked him to insert it into the match between Batista and Shawn Michaels at Backlash, but instead, he was appointed as a special guest referee. During the match, Backlash, Michaels uh, uh, faked a knee injury so that Jericho would give him time to recover a Lord Batista for the Sweet Chin Music win. After Backlash, Jericho accused Michaels of cheating, but Michaels continued to play up an injury. When Jericho finally convinced and he apologized to Michaels for not believing him, Michaels admitted to Jericho that he had faked his injury and he attacked Jericho was featured music after losing to Michaels at Judgment Day. Jericho initiated a handshake after the match. So, what's coming up next is the start of arguably Jericho's greatest rivalry ever, and he will say himself, "It's it's 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 his the work of his career." On June 9th, an episode of Raw, Jericho hosted his talk show segment, the Highlight Reel. Interviewing Michaels, Jericho pointed out that Michaels was still cheered by the fans, despite Michaels to deceit and attack Jericho during the previous months. That is true. No matter what Shawn Michaels did, the fans are still going to love him. Chris Jericho tries doing that, they're going to boo him. During the previous months, uh, where Jericho was booed when he tried doing the right thing. That's true. Jericho then assaulted Michaels with a low blow and sent Michaels through the Jericho... 6,000 damaging the eye and turning heel in the process that began was named by both pro wrestling illustrated and the wrestling observers feud of the year at night of champions Jericho lost the intercontinental championship to Kofi Kingston after a distraction by Michaels in June Jericho took on Lance Cade as a protege I forgot about that I forgot he took Lance Cade as a protege I think it was some kind of thing to
1: yeah I remember that he came out during the ladder match
0: yeah, it was supposed to like uh, be like, oh, Lance Cade was uh, he, Shawn Michaels was his hero. Now he's seen the light or something. Like, I'm like, ah, uh, like, oh, shit. That's it's
1: crazy of, because uh, I think Shawn, I think Shawn Michaels was like taking Lance under his um, under his wing and stuff. And I mean, what a way to like develop someone at, to to put him with like your opponent. Like, you know, I'm gonna take you under my wing. I'm gonna show you the ropes. But you know what? You're gonna be on my opponent's know. side.
0: I don't know if it was necessarily that. I mean, I think it was just to the progress the, the story between Jericho and Michaels, but that heel turn there. I remember watching, of stories
1: though. Like go that, ahead. before we continue, the the whole like sending Michaels through the Jaratron uh 6000. They they say that's the reason that Michaels's eye was Yes, uh, that's why his eye was messed
0: up. Yes, that's why his eyes he's got a style like he is like he legitimately got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, you he know, cut remember, himself. <laughs> I remember watching that Raw live when I was a kid and seeing that heel turn. I was like, oh my God. And I legitimately hated Chris Jericho. I hated him. Oh, of him. course. Naturally. Like, you, you had son to. Son of a bitch. So J- Jericho was like, you can argue this is like his greatest era right here, like this 2008. The best of his heel feud. turn.
1: Yeah, the best heel right there.
0: Absolutely. So, skipping over, uh, we also go into later on into... Uh, they did have a match the Great American Bash. And as we can see in the picture here on Wikipedia, Jericho attacking the injured eye of Michaels 2008 Great American Bash. The rivalry was named feud of the Year. Again, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, Wrestling Observer. And Michaels is all bloodied up. We skip over to SummerSlam, the following pay-per-view, where there's supposed to be an in-ring segment to help escalate the feud. Uh, Shawn Michaels was contemplating retirement. And Jericho trying to coax him out of retirement in which, you know, he's, like, telling Jericho, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And then Jericho tries to punch Sean in the face, which, in reality, he actually <laughs> punched his, Shawn Michaels' wife, and Jericho legitimately punched his wife in the face and knocked in her out. In the out. face, he
1: couldn't, he couldn't pull the punch back. Yeah.
0: And he, he
1: punched her in the lip. And
0: yeah. Bruised he, her the lip. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, oh, geez and, like, you know, afterwards, you know, backstage, like, oh, sorry, and everything, but... But I mean, if anything, it only intensified the rivalry between Michaels and Jericho. Oh, he was mad. He was really mad at him.
1: It was because Michael's wife actually Shawn Michaels' wife—broke the tension. I heard. I I heard like through this uh, thing I watched that she kind of cracked a joke to lighten the tension because Shawn Michaels was really mad. Like, and Jericho was horrible.
0: That's his wife, you know. I'm sure Michaels has every right to be mad and Jericho has every right to feel bad like when she we're talking about pulling the curtain he back. He sold a bit. it. He
1: did sell it. He sold that he didn't break character, which was a big thing. Yeah. I but, thought. You know. But
0: again, it only intensified the rivalry between rivalry between uh Shawn Absolutely. And Chris Jericho. And then later on, Unforgiven, there was the championship scramble match, which CM Punk unfortunately He was taken out of the match and didn't even get to be pinned or submitted to lose the title in which Jericho took his place. Earlier that night, Jericho and Shawn Michaels had a match in which Shawn Michaels won, but then Jericho wins the world title. This feud continues, and it leads to arguably Chris Jericho's greatest match against Shawn Michaels for the World Heavyweight Championship and a ladder match at No Mercy.
1: Oh, yeah. That what. Like I said about the WrestleMania match, that that other match, oh my god, dude! I it can't.
0: Been, it's been a while since I've seen that one, but to see how I watched it today, to see how that story played out, Jericho, the heel, winning in the end. It the was tug of war they
1: had on yeah. top of the because Michaels opened the belt up, and you see, Jericho has one side of the belt, Michaels has the other side, and they're pulling and pulling and pulling and oh dude it was intense from the minute it started to the minute it ended there was like no you know it was just intense you the know ma- you gotta ma- watch it again
0: i do gotta watch it again it's, it's been a while since I watched. I watched a few other ones before this but i i, I failed to watch that one um We'll briefly talk over a few more more of the things that happened in his WWE career. I will mention that his uh, feud with CM Punk is extremely underrated. Everybody's definitely got to try and go watch his match with CM, his feud with CM Punk when he returned back in 2012. You know, Punk calling himself the best in the world, Jericho being the best in the world at what I do. Um, he had a great match with him at WrestleMania 28 where the feud was Jericho was trying was using his family to get under using Punk's family to get under his skin uh, saying how his father was an alcoholic and this was all real CM Punk's father really really is or really was an alcoholic uh, trying uh, his uh, saying that his sister was a drug addict and they had a, a feud at WrestleMania 28 they had a match at Extreme Rules later that uh, the following pay per view, and the following year they had a great match in Chicago at Payback. Jericho versus CM Punk. It says here Jericho continued his feud with Punk for the following weeks, closing his match at Extreme Rules. Yeah, at a, in a Chicago street fight. Uh, but the last really great thing Jericho did before he had left the WWE, and we mentioned it earlier in in this episode was the list of Jericho. Now <laughs> the list, De- list of Jericho prior was because it came <laughs> with his relationship with another great Canadian wrestler, Kevin Owens. So, I remember Foz, you were kind of getting back into wrestling at this point. What Yeah, were- I was going to say like
1: well what, what were you going to say?
0: I was just going to say, when you were watching, what were you thinking of with the dynamic between Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens and the the whole list of Jericho stuff?
1: You have to, when you watch wrestling, you have to appreciate the good banter between two, I think, great heels such as Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. So when I was watching it, and you know, I was getting back into wrestling, and I'm like, okay, some of these guys are good, you know, on the mic. Some of them are, you know, the majority of them are great like athletes they're great wrestlers but you know some of them are eh, on the mic jericho comes back you have kevin owens and jericho both doing this you know this promo with uh, you know the list and it you know it made me feel like it just they they came back to their roots you know what the rest the wwe used to be like you know with um just this this comic relief that like was just that just worked you know i mean what did you think of the list i, I mean i love that that was like one of my favorite segments you know
0: to, it was the funny thing is to me like <laughs> Jericho again I imagine every it just keeps elevating everything he does like there are points where like people are just saying like is this better than the Shawn Michaels stuff no it's not better than the Shawn Michaels stuff <laughs> but it might be better like it's just he just kept getting more entertaining and entertaining to the point where you know you're such a great heel that people are gonna appreciate your heel work by just you know cheering you and, and appreciating you. I remember during this time, uh, I went to a house show in Brooklyn with with my girlfriend, and um, Jerick, this was the height of the list. You, uh, Kevin Owens was Universal Champion. He was feuding with Roman Reigns at the time. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Kevin Owens and Roman was the main event of the show, and Jericho was feuding with Seth, with Seth Rollins, and... As my girlfriend and I were coming back from getting food or getting, a, I was buying a shirt or something, uh, you know. It's like Brooklyn, you just made the. Well, you thought I was gonna put you on the list. You thought I was gonna put you on the list. I wouldn't put Brooklyn, New York, on the list because at this time the list is starting to get really popular. Jericho is really good at this. Once he sees that something he's trying to get over <laughs> to make get under your skin. And he sees it starting to become more of a babyface thing, he pulls it back a little bit. He doesn't allow you the satisfaction of, Yeah, you put us in Aw, oh, you son of We're not on the list. So <laughs> You don't how, deserve the list Exactly <laughs> <delay> that, right? <laughs> I think how, how it all happened was Is that Jericho was trying to call out Mick Foley Because he was pissed off everything he was doing He's making a list of everything That was going on That he hated that Mick Foley was doing He said like Mick yes, Foley You're on English my list it's Like, It's Oh I'm on your list Yeah you're on my list your beard's on my list. Your horrible handling of Raw's on my list. Then he eventually is the camera guy. Stupid idiot number one in the crowd. Stupid idiot number two in the crowd. Michael Cole. The New Day. Like, nobody was safe. <laughs> Braun Strowman. Sami Zayn. Everybody got on the list. Just about everybody got on the list. AJ Styles. Randy Orton. Bray Wyatt. Everybody. No one was safe. From and the you list. knew it was coming when he clicked his pen. Yep. You just made the list. And you know, going back a little... uh. Uh, going back just a little bit earlier that year, he got the word it over. Like, you're going to get it. Like, Jericho, he is so, he just tries shit. He threw, you throw, sh- it's the y- y- angel expression. You throw shit at the wall and you see what sticks. Just about everything Jericho throws at the wall, it sticks. He's just that damn good. It's just amazing.
1: It's what I mean he has so many cards up his sleeve and it doesn't matter what he he throws at you because whatever he's gonna throw at you it's gonna work and, and uh, listen I was I'll tell you this again at the end but dude he I told you he was a superstar it's the damn truth because everything he does is amazing he has three I think three books out he has a successful band he's a successful wrestler he's a damn good wrestler damn good heel. I mean, I think he was an. I think he's a good face too. But I mean, you gotta love him. Love him as a heel. Oh yeah, he he, he, he is heel. He shines the best. Oh no, keep going. Go go. What were you? No, say? just
0: saying. As a heel, he shines the best.
1: Oh, absolutely. He is a man of many faces, and the face like I was talking to my dad and my brother today. Remember when he had the cruise? That was uh, that yep. came out the dude. He still. A, it was a. What were you, what happened?
0: I was gonna say he was he would still be doing it with you know if the pandemic wasn't going on. Apparently the, he's trying to get it going next year, but we'll we'll see.
1: We looked at tickets. You and I, they were like a grand two hundred. I think they were like twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, the man, ticket. they're
0: not cheap. They were not cheap. Rock music, wrestling, a cruise, dinner, booze,
1: uh, the whole nine yards, man. You can't get better than that.
0: Yeah, I remember when he. I remember when he first started it. That's that's another thing about Jericho. We we forget about kind of the business side of him. You know, he's a he's a established author. He's got a pod, a successful podcast. He, like you said, he's got a rock band. He has a freaking cruise for God's sakes! And I remember listening to his podcast when he was trying to get people to book the tour for the uh, book cabins for the cruise. He's like, everything is included in the price of your cabin. So I think it's like you know, like food and all that. You could eat. He's like the only thing you got to pay for, really, is gambling and and alcohol. That's the only thing you got to pay for. Any other events, they're going like everything else. Like you know, as far as far as like essential stuff, that was included. I'm like, damn. I mean, it was expensive, but but still, uh, uh, Sean, and, Sean and I, uh, well, Sean has two friends who went on the Jericho cruise, and they said it was like it was the most fun they've ever had. It we was, should go. <laughs> Let's save up money. Well, when the pandemic is. <laughs> You know, when all this bullshit's <laughs> over. Yeah, I know. Maybe when maybe, all it's over. Maybe twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three we can all go we can go to the Jericho Cruise.
1: That'd be great. You know. Twenty twenty three, you know, maybe. Maybe I'll get married on the Jericho Cruise. I'll have him like ordain my wedding.
0: Oh Jesus, Jericho would cost you an arm and a leg for you to bring the marriage. <laughs> yeah, no, you. that'd be a lot of money. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we talk about the list of Jericho and at this time this is building his feud with uh with Kevin Owens. Um Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho worked so well together. It was, you know, the the buddy cop thing. You know, the it was two odd pairings where you just like you didn't you weren't sure how this would work, but it worked really really well. Jericho and Owens had great chemistry together, uh, which led to the Festival of Friendship. (laughs) Um, This 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 segment, (laughs) it was beautifully done and it still pains me to talk about it after after three years later um so jericho is announcing the festival of friendship he wanted to try and make things up to kevin owens uh i remember like they got a they got a, a clown jericho's like uh, kevin's like i hate clowns he's like get out of here you stupid idiot <laughs> uh they had the painting. I he that. had that painting. Jericho comes down with the fedora and the sparkle jacket, all these dancers, they're in Vegas. You know, he's yeah, trying it to Vegas. Him... It was Vegas themed. Yeah. Yes. He, he was like trying wearing to... red and white. Yes, he was trying to get him all these gifts. But uh it was very funny. Great great, great comedy. But towards the end of the segment, you know, Jericho's like, you know, in all serious seriousness, Kevin, I've been having the time of my life these past several months with you. I feel like I'm having, I'm doing. Some people say I'm doing the work of my career. That you know, this is this is some of my favorite stuff. This is maybe my favorite thing I've ever done in my entire career, and I have you to thank, man. And I, I'm just so appreciative that I have you as a best friend. And you could really see the like the actual friendship and the joy, like because in real life, Kevin Owens and, and Chris Jericho are very close friends. And they grew that friendship working together. Oh, I, I don't doubt
1: it. Absolutely, yeah.
0: And you know, Kevin Owens like, you know what, Chris? Okay, I'm sorry if I snapped a little bit, but you, you know, I, I do appreciate everything you're trying to do for me, and I, I really do. And I, I love you, man. You are my best friend. They hug it out, and he's like, and and uh, I I feel bad that I couldn't give give you as many gifts, but I, I did get you a little something. He's like, you did? What'd you get me? It's like here. He's like, it's. It's perfect. It's a new list. You know, the old one was ratty and everything. It was, the clipboard was kind of breaking. I need a new one. And then he's looking down, and then it's like, how come my name's on here? And you see the list of KO, like, and then it's like you can hear a pin drop. The second Jericho realizes it, looks up. Boom! Kevin Owens just clotheslines yeah. him, and he's beating the shit out of him. He's powerbombing him. And then he throws Jericho into the Jeritron 6000. Calling yep. back to that infamous moment where he threw Shawn Michaels into that television monitor, this was an amazing segment. I love, you Listen, and we'll get to like more of it like
1: later on. But I love that you mentioned that. Just as he threw Shawn Michaels into the Gerithor- the Geratron three uh, six thousand, Jer- uh, Owens throws um, Jericho into it too. See how I like how Jericho sticks with like. History yeah. repeating itself in the smallest of ways. Yeah, exactly. And I was watching the highlights of his match with uh, Cody Rhodes, and I, rem- I remember seeing Cody jumping up and slapping Jericho across the face like a bitch. And Jericho did the same thing, I believe, to Shawn Michaels in the 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 um, the WrestleMania match that you told me to watch before. Mm-hmm. He slaps him the same way. Like it's it's crazy how he's like kind of handing the baton over he's like all right you know what my time is done here
0: here you go it's your turn to do this jericho you know? jericho always likes to go back and kind of do little callbacks to some of his great feuds that he has over the years um there's even something i forgot to mention before that you know jericho is aj styles's first feud in wwe <laughs> yes he was his first feud in wwe they had a very which i think is a real sleeper max like you should have like people listening to this podcast and and you yourself Vaj, go back and watch his match with AJ Styles at Elimination Chamber. and Oh, I remember that. Their, their, oh, their yeah. WrestleMania match was really great, you know, and that was like when Vince was testing Jericho when he had him in the ring with, with X-Pac and China, you know, Vince was using Jericho as like a, uh, a guy to say like, let's see how good this guy really is. Everybody says he's the best. Let's see how good he really is. And. Jericho proved him. That was a good performance. He proved proved to him, like, all right, the kid can work. And then later that year, AJ became WWE champion. Um, But going on, you know, as great as the journey was for the Jericho and Owens rivalry, it didn't necessarily have the best payoff. Um, Excuse me. Um, They had a match at WrestleMania 33 for the United States Championship originally Vince wanted it to be Owens versus Jericho for the Universal title. That was going to be event that WrestleMania and Jericho would have won the title as a babyface. It would be his first time as a babyface uh, world champion. But after Survivor Series, Goldberg wanted to stick around. Uh, they wanted to do Vin- uh, Goldberg versus Brock at WrestleMania. So it got moved bumped down to the US title, which that match wasn't really great. Um, the few, sometimes you have to appreciate the journey and the work that was going on to get to the match and sometimes the match, the end result isn't always the best but to see how amazing his stuff was with Kevin Owens up to that point again goes to show the testament of just how great Chris Jericho is as a character, as how charismatic he is that lose your fuzz no, my bad. No, I I I com- I I thought you were
1: going to say something else cuz I thought you were gathering your thoughts, my bad. No, no, it's, I, I, c- no completely, it's okay. I completely I completely I uh, completely agree with you, man. Um I don't really remember it ending bad. I'm trying I'm I'm trying to think of how it ended. I remember it getting bumped down like you said, but um Yeah, you have to take the 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 bad matches, I guess, with the good ones because Honestly, it was a great feud. I I enjoyed it, you know.
0: Yeah, that's you gotta try and remember that. Like you know, sometimes it isn't always gonna be what you think it's going to be. But again, the journey of the Kevin Owens Chris Jericho feud and building to the match was, I mean, it, it you could say it's damn well perfect. It was how good. It was it really was. All right, mm-hmm. now we're going to get some more of the things Chris Jericho has done in the past couple of years, and then we'll kind of talk about some of our favorite moments, some of our favorite matches. Um, going to try and get through this, because, again, this 30 years, people. Chris Jericho has been doing this for 30 years. This is probably going to be a long podcast anyway. So if we remember, in 2017, Chris Jericho returned to New Japan Pro Wrestling challenging Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom 12 in the Tokyo Dome this match is being billed as Alpha versus Omega which you're wearing your Alpha Club shirt right now because you told me a couple hours Uh, ago yes I am (laughs) and I am I have the Alpha Club shirt as well that's one of the sickest shirts in Pro Wrestling I still love that shirt Uh, it's one of my favorite shirts I've ever gotten I will never get rid of it so this was groundbreaking. Jericho was always a guy who he said forever he'd never work for anybody else. He'd never work for anybody else with Vince McMahon. When this happened a few months prior, Jericho and Kenny Omega were kind of going into a bit of a Twitter war, and you know it kind of you know it kind of ended with uh uh you know you're over here you're over there nothing's gonna happen up happen with it. So, after Kenny Omega had defended the IWGP United States Championship, Chris uh, Chris Jericho comes out there, uh, is on the Titan Tron, on the Tron, and whatever, the screen in Japan, and he challenges Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega accepted. We probably figured, well, he's probably not going to show up to the Tokyo Dome. Then he showed up at a random show, I think, in Ryogoku, Japan, and attacked Kenny Omega. So, Fazia, I think you kind of remember this. What were your thoughts, or were you were you paying attention this time? Like, what were your thoughts so make, thinking I, of like, seeing? I oh a, my God, Jericho's in Japan.
1: I took a, I um, I took a break with wrestling a little bit, and I don't remember it per se. But like, I remember watching the match with you, the yes. Omega and Jericho match. So before every match, I usually have the build up to the uh, to the event, and I remember like watching a buildup where he goes to Japan and he ambushes Kenny Omega and it's, you know, it's your typical Chris Jericho buildup and you know, it's exciting to watch. And I mean, holy crap, man. I mean, you, you probably will agree with me. I think you've said it before. One of the greatest matches in the history of wrestling definitely is that match with Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega.
0: You I know. mean, it's it's up there. It's definitely one of it's definitely both of both of the men, both Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. It's one of the best matches in either one of their careers, according to Dave Meltzer. It's Jericho's best match, giving it uh, he gave it five stars. He loved it so much. Yeah. And Reading this on Wikipedia, this was Jericho's first match in New Japan Pro Wrestling in nearly twenty years. Yep. He had been since, away since he was a younger he, guy. So it was crazy to see that Jericho was not only. Showing up to work in New Japan against Kenny Omega, but like you know, he he's working outside WWE for the first time in 20 years, and he was kind of saying things like, "Oh well, you know, I'll go to Japan. I won't work another American promotion, you know. But Japan's different." So, do you know how this how this feud kind of came to be with Jericho and Kenny Omega? Other than the Twitter war, no, not really. Okay, so this was all orchestrated by. Color commentator for New Japan Pro Wrestling, Don Callis, who is who is not only a friend of Chris Jericho but also Kenny Omega. They're all Canadian guys. So I remember Jericho and Omega talking about this on the uh, Jericho's podcast, saying how you know they were probably gonna hot shot Ibushi and Omega that year for Wrestle Kingdom. Usually, New Japan has like very long uh, style booking but they're like no we're not really sure what you wanted to do and Don Callis reached out to Kenny uh, to Chris Jericho and he's like hey just 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 send a feeler out there like hey how would you, would you consider wrestling Kenny at Wrestle Kingdom at the Tokyo Dome he's like like and Jericho thought about it he's like you know what yeah because at the, there was a bet, there wasn't a better time he's you know he wasn't he wasn't really legally under contract with WWE he was kind of on a hiatus from them and he had nothing going on at that time he's like yeah i'll do it and he tells Kenny Omega is like yeah okay Jericho sure Jericho wants to work with you like no he's he's serious he's legitimately interested in working with you and they got to contact and and lo and behold we have the match we have now and i think this is the this is around this time is really when i'm just like this is where i'm starting to say chris jericho is the greatest ever because he's venturing out into other promotions to wrestle guys like Kenny Omega and then eventually like Kazuchika Okada and Naito like this is a guy who is a mega star he is he's a global phenomenon you ask anybody any average Joe or Jane on the street you ask them hey do you know who Chris Jericho is? Yeah, the wrestler, dude. Even people who don't exact my friends who don't watch wrestling know who Chris
1: Jericho is. Exactly. Walk, you know, I walk into my our friend Matt's house, you know, Lima, and he's like, "Oh, look a Chris Jericho shirt." I'm like, the kid has never watched wrestling before in his life. I'm like, I'm like, how do you even know who he is?
0: He's is- a megastar. It's like asking who John. is. It's like asking John Cena, The Undertaker, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, The Rock, Steve Austin. Like they're gonna know who these people are. Jericho is in that upper. Uh, epsilon if i said that correctly of top level guys oh, he, yeah again he could be a guy at this point in his career where he can just phone it in call it in and just go and call, do callbacks to stuff that where he's like i can do this this and that and people will eat this shit up but jericho wants to evolve and he still loves wrestling as you can clearly see and jericho continue- do it forever as long as he can keep doing it yeah And he's still going strong. Jericho continued his time in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, After the Tokyo Dome uh, in Wrestle Kingdom 12, he attacked Tetsuya Naito at New Year's Dash, setting up a match between Naito and uh, Jericho at Dominion 2018 for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Jericho had also attacked Evil before his match against Zack Sabre Jr., where Jericho challenged Evil for the IWGP uh, Championship. IWGP Aircontinental Championship power struggle, and then that led to uh, Jericho was trying to attack Evil after the match, and then that led to Jericho versus Naito at the Tokyo Dome where Naito would win the championship back from Chris Jericho. Now, so I've never seen that one. How how was that match? I've seen the one from Dominion. That was very different. That felt more like of a fight. Uh, the one at Wrestle Kingdom he had with Naito, I've, I've never actually seen. I remember trying to watch that Wrestle Kingdom and I never actually got to watch it, I don't think.
1: You know, one of these days we should watch it, man, you know.
0: Yeah, I Wrestle Kingdom, I think this might have, yeah, this was Kenny Omega's last Wrestle Kingdom because before that, he, he had defended the title against Tanahashi and it wasn't too long after where he went off to uh, to uh, AEW a few months later. So, Jericho, I remember when seeing, seeing Jericho in New Japan, I'm thinking like, oh, he's going to, like his omega match probably just a one off. I would love to see him work with like Naito or Okada and then now he's going to start working with Naito and he did. not He had again from the match that I saw, I liked a lot. Jericho for New Japan was essentially the Brock Lesnar of New Japan pro wrestling. And I think Jericho said that himself. <laughs> that's a that's a good way to put it. Yeah. I mean again, he's he is the big mega star. He is the mainstream appeal for a casual wrestling fan or, or a wrestling fan who doesn't watch New Japan, Chris Jericho did huge numbers for uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Like, they had the most numbers from previous years, the year he was uh, he had his match against Kenny. Mm-hmm. And he continued to make sporadic appearances in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling where he faced, like I said, Okada for the IWGP Championship at Dominion. Excuse me. Uh, where it would lead to a match with him and Hiroshi Tanahashi where he was trying to attack... Akata after the match and that led to Jericho returning up power struggle November 3rd and challenged Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom 14 on December 28th it was announced that Tanahashi were to, if we were to defeat Jericho he'd be granted an AEW World Championship match at a later date during the second night of Wrestle Kingdom January 5th Jericho defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi now that match is really great if you have not seen that when this is over when you get a chance go watch it Again, I'll
1: try man it's, it's hard to find these matches I know I, really- I know
0: when I when I, I watched this to. when I watched this I I illegally streamed Wrestle Kingdom and when I watched this match Jericho fucked up his ankle in this match and Did him it? and him and Tanahashi had like a half hour match Oh jeez like midway through like Jericho fucked up his ankle and him and Tanahashi tore the house down you could hardly tell Jericho was hurt See, like, what a difference between like these, like, like,
1: how old is Chris Jericho? That he's doing, he's doing thirty minute matches with these, you know, with these guys who. Okay, who so Chris Jericho, the,
0: he just turned thirty nine this year, I believe. He just turned thirty nine. You know, listen, like with, oh, dude, oh, shit, dude, he's gonna be, he's gonna be fifty in November. He's gonna be fifty in a week. How old? He's gonna 50? be fifty. He's forty nine. He's gonna be fifty Five on, on the ninth. Yeah, Yeah. That's what I'm t- and he does how many minutes was that match? You said thirty minutes? It had to be anywhere between twenty five and thirty minutes. And Hiroshi Tanahashi, he's the ace. He's the he's the Japanese John Cena. He's forty three. Uh, like
1: I know, in, you know, in my book. He's fifty years old and he's, he's doing these crazy matches and he's prof-
0: producing. You know, the guy, it's, it's not like he's half-assing it. I know. The guy can work, and he still wants to work. So, I mean, his New Japan stuff started putting him, for me, in this top tier of greatest of all time. Because I try to look at all aspects of someone's wrestling career, not just WCW or WWE or whatever, because... For the longest time AJ Styles has he he's been considered the best wrestler in the world and he's the best he's ever been right now in WWE and look we're He's where older he's too. Been.
1: He's an older guy too.
0: He's like I think he's 44. Oh my god. So he's
1: 44. He moves better than me. <laughs> I'm 25.
0: So getting into Can get up? Get Getting into the rest of what Jericho has been doing. So it's returned to independent Circuit from 2018-2019. On September 1st, 2018, Jericho disguised as, as Pentagon Jr. at All In. Uh, in show promoted by Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. He attacked Kenny Omega following Omega's victory over Pentagon Jr. Uh, hitting him with the code breaker and saying, I'll see you at the Jericho Cruise. On uh, October, uh, October 28th. Uh, 18. Jericho organized the Chris Jericho Rocking Wrestling Ranger at Sea, a series of professional ma- wrestling matches ongoing from the Chris Jericho's cruise ship, which embarked from Miami, Florida, and featured wrestlers from Ring of Honor. On May 3rd, 2019, Jericho appeared at the Southern Honor Wrestling event, where he was attacked by Kenny Omega. I remember. I remember that. I actually remember that there was an indie show, and Jericho showed up, and Kenny Omega attacked him. Um and on that cruise we had the bullet club versus the alpha club we had Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega and Marty Skrull versus uh Jericho and the Young Bucks but i remember at this time it was bill bullet club versus alpha club but at this time but nobody was wearing bullet club gear nobody cuz they had already kind of left wow it. i'm
1: surprised really yeah,
0: yeah because they had kind of they were leaving bullet club at this time you know AEW was starting to become a thing
1: and how and, how long ago was this
0: uh, this was almost two years ago. This is two years ago, I think.
1: And now you look, you look in the street, and you see a lot of people wearing Bullet Club stuff. You know?
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> Bullet Club is a huge phenomenon, and so good. The Young, the young bucks Kenny and Cody are are huge reasons for that. So, because AEW has been around for a year, you know, uh, a year since uh, this past January, and Dynamite hit a year, you know, a uh, few weeks ago. So now, speaking of Dynamite, we get to All Elite Wrestling, Chris Jericho's current home promotion. On January 8th, 2019, Jericho made his surprise appearance at a media event uh, for All Elite Wrestling. I remember this press conference. Everybody was excited. We have a new alternative in wrestling. At the end of this press conference, we had Chris Jericho show up. He said, I'd never work for another American promotion that's not Vince McMahon. And what is he doing? He's working for another American promotion that is currently not run by Vincent K. McMahon. But you know what? I mean,
1: He, like you said before, he's a good businessman because he saw an opportunity and he seized it. I feel like if he would have went back to WWE, you know, I think it would have not been detrimental to his career, but I just think that him going to All Elite is shines such a big light on him. You know, He's taking a chance on one of his fellow colleagues' his, uh, you know, wrestling shows, and and I mean, I haven't watched all Elite Wrestling. I'm usually really busy on, you know,
0: what is it? It's it's tonight, right? It's Wednesday. It's it's tonight as we're recording this. Dynamite as in an we're hour. recording.
1: You know, my dad has a TV. My dad's watching NXT as we speak, probably right now, with my brother. You know, they're actually the big wrestling buffs. I, you know, I as much as I try to get back into wrestling, it's it's tough. But you know, not to ramble on, but yeah, you know. I saw a couple episodes of All Elite, and, I mean, what a good show. I mean, Siege, what do you think of uh, AEW?
0: AEW, to me, is the best week-to-week uh, wrestling television show and arguably the best pro wrestling product. I've said that many times in this podcast. The best in-ring wrestling product in the world is probably New Japan Pro Wrestling, but AEW is a very close second in that. And how
1: is um, how's Jericho on it? Jericho- I mean, I've heard... Jericho is one of my he is one he
0: is one of my favorite things on the show. And Jericho has also said that, you know, when he start when he went to Japan, he loved the freedom that he had when he got to work with Kenny and Naito and all these guys. He loved the freedom and he didn't want to go back to WWE and being and have people give him a script and tell him what to do. He loved the creative freedom that he had. For the first time in his career, he had that, like really had that, for the first time in a long time. So, when Chris Jericho came to uh, AEW, he was in the main event of of the double or nothing pay per view on May 25th uh, against Kenny Omega, their rematch of Alpha versus Omega, which was a decent match. It wasn't, it was nowhere near as good as the first one, but it was a good enough match, uh, where Jericho, uh, won that match and the winner would face, uh, the winner of the Casino Battle Royal being Hangman Adam Page at All Out to determine the inaugural AEW Oof. World Champion, which Chris Jericho won that match. Chris I've Jericho, seen him I like him. Hangman He's Page. like one of my favorite. He's great, yes. dude. He's so great. Um, Chris Jericho in AEW also has his Inner Circle faction with members Sammy Guevara, Jake Hager, and Santana and Ortiz. Uh, Jericho, That's the Inner Circle, correct? That's the that Inner is, Circle? That is the Inner Circle. Oh uh, yeah, Jericho has never been in a faction before, prior to this. So him being a leader of a faction is really cool. Again, it's something new he's never. You you think all the things Jericho's done in his career, you figured he'd be in a faction at least once. Not until the Inner Circle showed up. No, not until the you know, and look at all the look at all the great
1: factions he's you know he's worked with too. Like what what like you know. During his time in WWE, you had what DX, you had Evolution, you had like, you know, all yeah, t- these like big names. DX, and now the inner Evolution, circle. and now I'm what you know. You could put the Inner Circle in that in those types of groups because it, of his name is stapled to, you know, that faction. Like he started it. You know what I mean?
0: He was doing an interview with uh, Chris Van Vliet, and he originally the members that we have in the inner circle now weren't always penciled in to be the uh, the members. So I remember he had said that he originally wanted MJF in the faction, but Cody wanted to do stuff with him, so he got Sammy Guevara, which, funny enough, uh, Chris Jericho is the reason why Sammy Guevara got on AEW because he saw a match he had with Cody or somewhere in uh, an MLW show, and he's like, that kid's good, let's get him. Um, I've seen him wrestle too. What's Sammy Guevara, right? Sammy Guevara is great. I've seen man. him wrestle. He's, he's so is good. Absolutely great. Just wait. You know, wait for the oh, day when we get gonna blow the up. When we get the Sammy Guevara chris Jericho feud. Just, just yeah. wait that because that I think is the overall goal. Jericho goal. Jericho wants for the inner circle faction when eventually that is the, because you have the leader, the veteran Jericho. You have the heavy muscle guy in Jake Hager the tag team in Santana and Ortiz and then you have the young up and coming star in Sammy Guevara that's the guy Jericho wants to put over that is the guy who Jericho wants to become a big on to yes wants to become the next big star also, another fun probably the faction. leader of the fa- probably the leader of the faction. Honestly, he, potentially he could what? be. You could make Sammy Guevara like you could have him turn heel and kick out Jericho, but I think it would benefit more with Jericho still. And throw leading. him
1: off and, like yeah.
0: like you know pull a you know like Randy Orton in an uh, evolution. Pull one of those you know.
1: Oh, absolutely! Ex- exactly.
0: Pull one of you the, can mimic one that. of those heel turns. Also, Santana and Ortiz were never the original uh, team f- suggestive for the inner circle. It was actually Pentagon and Ray Phoenix. They're Lucha Bros.
1: Oh wow! I, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> but I haven't the, been up to date.
0: Well, Jericho just recently said this in an interview, not too long ago, a few days ago, actually. So this, is, at the time of the croning, it's brand new information. You know. So and you know what I noticed too about
1: Jericho? Go I ahead. don't want to
0: like. No, go ahead, man. It's like
1: the. It's like the. It's the stuff he comes out with, like. You know, like
0: uh, a little L- bit of the bubbly. bubbly, like a little bit of the bubbly. Yeah, dude. Yeah, again, he's so great with this stuff, and calling le himself champion. le champion. He like <laughs> we didn't t- we didn't even talk about his character <laughs> in New Japan. His character in New Japan was he's calling himself the pain maker, and that's kind of what he wanted to do in AEW. But the the little bit of the bubbly and and all this shit was so working so well. It's like all right, this is, so so this is another notch in the belt. This is another. This uh, is another. Another great character work for Jericho. So, briefly talking about what he's done in, in AEW, my, my favorite thing Jericho does in AEW is that he's working with younger talent. One of my favorite matches he's had in AEW was his match against Darby Allin in Philadelphia, which is like the second or third episode in Dynamite's history. Have you ever seen that match? No, I. you told me to
1: watch it. And just like Foz always does, he didn't watch it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, to, to I, be fair, to be fair, I've told you like months and months in the prat in the past to watch it. I didn't tell you recently for this podcast to watch it. So you're, I'll you're tell fine. you something
1: though. I have to admit, I may be stagnant on my wrestling history, but if you, when you tell me to prepare for your podcast, I definitely prepare. You know, and I, I try I,
0: my best, and I clap to you and congratulate you, sir, because you're doing a phenomenal job right now.
1: I mean, it's he's my favorite dude. Just. You, I think of all the heels I liked in the past and you, you say, you know, Chris Jericho, you wanted to do this tribute. I'm like, I gotta be on the show. I gotta make time. I gotta come on the show. And yeah, I man, talk you about you him.
0: were the first person I thought of when, when it comes to Jericho, because you know, Jericho he, is he's your guy and he's my dude. Guy I don't too. even watch
1: I don't even watch the shows. And you know what? Jericho is still in my life. I go to Jiu Jitsu, I the first song I turn on in my car is uh Judas, because that song pumps me up. Jiu Jitsu going you know, well. What happened? Yeah, it's going great. And you know, I applaud anyone who does a combat sport, you know, not to get sidetracked, but you know, these these superstars, these WWE WWE guys, these wrestlers, you know, it's not this is not fake. I, I wanna put I wanna put that out there right now. Getting slammed on the floor is not fake. These no, guys it do, hurts. It hurts. It hurts. You know, and these guys do a phenomenal job and they are athletes. And I will slam anyone who ever tells me they're not. Okay. Personally. I will you
0: know. And gotten a promo.
1: How man. long has he been doing this?
0: How long has he been doing yeah, I'm cutting a promo Ther- now? So. Thirty years, man. Thirty, 30 years, years. The man's
1: fifty years old and he's still taking hits. He's still jumping off stuff. He's still like a champion. Like le champion. <laughs>
0: All right, He's let's go through the rest of his stuff. It. Let's go through the rest of his stuff real briefly with the rest of his AEW stuff. We talked about his matches with uh, we talked about with Darby Allen which was the coming out party for Darby Allen. Uh he had a great <laughs> he Well, no, not not coming, sorry. I poor choice no, of No, no. It it made Darby Allen a star is what I meant to say. Yeah, it made yes. him. It says on the October sixteenth episode of Dynamite. It, it, yeah, it made Darby Allen a star, which later he featured with Cody at Full Gear uh, on the pay per view on October 9th, which Cody cut the promo of his career. I remember a year ago when I was recording for this podcast, Cody cutting an amazing promo on Chris Jericho, uh, just going to show how Cody's arguably one of the best mic guys there is today. Uh, for those of you who have never seen it, definitely go watch it back, it's an amazing promo uh, Jericho and Guevara had challenged SCU for the AEW Tag Team Championships, their tag team is called Les Sex Gods, not kidding like <laughs> when, when when Jericho introduced the inner when Jericho introduced the inner circle you know, he and Sammy Guevara he's like a Spanish guy, look how sexy he is that was completely off the cuff so then, so whenever they tagged together, they called themselves Les Sex Gods so I love it. <laughs> so. I love it, yeah. So um Jer- Look at him. <laughs> Sexy. <laughs> Jericho Sexy. Uh, Jericho he attempted to try and get John Moxley to join the inner circle which this would later lead to their feud at Revolution. This was a really really well booked for my money as far as a bu- the best I think I saw story. That. I, I think this was the best he, booked match. Uh other Is this than when Cody he hits him over the, head with
1: the Is this when he hits him over the head with the champagne bottle?
0: Yeah, and he's got the Moxley. Yeah, and he hits him with the ice pick.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I saw that. That was great.
0: So Jericho and uh, Moxley had their match Revolution. It was a very good match. Uh, The build was done so well between Moxley and Jericho. Currently, John Moxley is the AEW champion, and uh, the Inner Circle went into a feud with the Elite uh, with Double or Nothing this year uh, with Hangman Adam Page, Kenny Omega. The Young Bucks and Matt Hardy at double or nothing for the stadium stampede match. Now, one of the biggest regret, well, not regrets, but the things that really sucked about this pandemic earlier this year is that myself, Sean, our buddy Stiggy and my buddy Nate, we were supposed to go to Newark and we were supposed to see the blood and guts match, which was pretty much war games, what they couldn't call it war games, going to be the elite versus the inner circle. And thanks to the pandemic. We didn't get to see that match, so what we got mm-hmm. instead was the stadium stampede at Double or Nothing in Daly's Place, and this was one of those uh, pre-taped uh, matches, which was, I have to tell you, this this was fucking hilarious. This was so... Yes. Yeah, so I mean, got, I,
1: could, I, I don't doubt it, honestly.
0: <laughs> I mean, you've got... They're they are fighting in the Jackson Jagu- uh, Jaguars Stadium. Uh, like, what? Yes. Remember, Tony Khan is the owner of the Jaguars.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: you're right. So, I remember Jericho tries getting a pin on Nick Jackson, and Aubrey Edwards, the, the referee, she counts, one, two, Nick kicks out. It's like, what? It's like, it's only two. That was three. No, it was two. It was three. And then Jericho, pull- and by the way, the inner circle are wearing, like, inner circle football jerseys and el- and and shoulder pads and, and pa- <laughs> uh, football pants, like, Jericho goes into his pants, pulls out a red challenge flag. I'm challenging the play. All right, let's review it. <laughs> so then it shows a tent for Aubrey Edwards to review the play. Jericho tries going in there. She's like, you can't go in there. Yes, I can. You can't. No, yes, I can. It's so great. And then Matt, Jackson, watch Matt Jackson is Northern Lights suplexing Sammy Guevara from like the – uh, from the middle of the field to the end zone which that was taped obviously oh but it was it was God. so much comedy so much like action there was a great moment with Hangman and Page and Jake Hager Hangman goes th- Hangman rode in this match on a horse chasing after Sammy Guevara uh, <laughs> Hager and and Page end up in the bar where they're just they're just sitting it's like an old western film it's like so are we drinking or are we fighting I think uh, Page goes they both take a, a sip of whiskey and they start fighting. <laughs> so, got to love it. This match was a lot of fun. It was so much fun. It's out Where there. Where can YouTube. I watch I got to watch that. It's it's least. probably it's probably on YouTube. It's called the Stadium Stampede.
1: I got to watch that. That sounds like Oh man, that sounds okay. like greatness.
0: And most recently, Jericho was feuding with Orange Cassidy. Who's, who's also great. Yes. I I've think seen this Orange Cassidy. I think this feud with Jericho has really risen Orange Cassidy's stock. It's done a great uh, wonders for him. Um, unfortunately, with you know, with not having a lot of live fans in attendance for a while during this pandemic, AEW only recently started letting fans back into the arena. I think it kind of hurt Cassidy a little bit, but the one way to kind of see how you're over is going on Twitter or Instagram and even checking Pro Wrestling Tees because whenever I look at Pro Wrestling Tees, like Orange Cassidy is consistently a top merch seller. That's how you can go to He's show... The- He's right. the
1: dude who puts his hands in his pocket and he just chills, right? Yep. He just like, jumps into you.
0: The, yeah. As Excalibur says, the king of sloth style. He is
1: absolutely... <laughs> I, the first time i ever seen him was he had his hands in his pockets and he looked both ways, he ran, went into the ropes, jumped over the top rope with his hands in his pocket and jumps into a bunch of people and I was like, this guy's a phenomenon. What? What? You can't get better than that. Just simplicity at its finest and it works, you know?
0: Orange Cassidy is a genius, and Chris Jericho has gone on to say just how much of a genius he is. So, we've been talking about Chris Jericho for, let's see here, get my timer up, about an hour and 22 minutes. Let's try and wrap some things up with a few other things uh, before we end this episode. Let's talk about this. Okay, Fuzz. um... I talked about your favorite memory of Chris Jericho. Do you have a favorite Chris Jericho segment, Chris Jericho match? My favorite?
1: All right, so the a match that came to mind is when you were talking about his match with John Moxley. Do you remember the, the, the cage match he had with Dean Ambrose back in a yeah, couple of was, years ago?
0: I was there for that.
1: With uh, He had, like, all this, like, like thumbtacks and, and yeah, Jericho took the thumbtack spot. That just came like I can't listen. I can't really put up, a, a, really can't put a, a favorite match up. That's like asking me what my favorite like song is of all time because there's out, that. out of all
0: his great matches, the Mania 19, the Shawn Michaels stuff, the Kenny Omega match, you know, his match uh, with Benoit, you
1: can't. his match with Ben, exactly. You just can't
0: like the ladder shoot. match for the IC title.
1: I think my favorite was his WrestleMania match with Shawn Michaels. WrestleMania 19? Has to be. okay. yeah. I'll, because that's just this—you know—I you know I, I, you can not get better than that. I feel. I'll, I'll agree. agree, but you can't.
0: I'll agree with that, and as a close second, I'll probably say his match with Kenny Omega at, at Wrestle Kingdom 12.
1: Absolutely. Oh yeah, that that I remember watching that with you, and I was just blown away of how much he can still.
0: Produce yeah. to this day. He, he can go. He can go with guys like Kenny Omega. Um, I say for me, as far as a favorite segment, there's a lot of them. I mean, we talked about the, the list. I, I like the list. The list. Of, you know, the you know the festival of friendship. Anytime he had the list, you know him going trying. You're gonna get it, you know. Um,
1: you know the whole. Oh you, my God! How do we forget? Drink it in, man.
0: Yeah, drink it in. Man. We didn't even talk about that. <laughs> I completely <laughs> forgot about that oh man anytime then,
1: he calls everyone a stupid idiot I mean that's my thing. I'm a nice guy but when I'm when you get me riled up I start calling people stupid I- idiots I'm like you stupid idiot you I stupid always idiot.
0: I always thought the term stupid idiot was completely made someone sound stupid but then Jericho starts saying it's like alright it's cool It's calling someone a stupid idiot it's cool <laughs> because of Chris Jericho I mean of Chris Jericho made it cool <laughs> exactly Jer- Jericho made it cool to call somebody a stupid idiot um, yeah, I, I mean, then we also, we didn't even talk about how much he would make fun of Stephanie McMahon, you know, he's like, you hear that song, let the bodies hit the floor. I say, let the boobies hit the floor. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Making fun <dude>. of Stephanie. <laughs> I she mean, there, like... there is probably a lot of other stuff that we didn't even get into. We, we didn't even she just
1: knows how to talk. It's I know
0: like... we, we didn't even get into stuff with him and edge. We didn't even get into him. Uh, and you know, my him love, love Eddie. for Edge too. Yeah and we lo- and that's another podcast we should probably do is you and me talking about oh, Edge. Oh absolutely. Or, or like a top I we got to do with Edge and We got to do importance. I'm I'm
1: thinking I'm thinking dude like we did this for for him we got to do one for Edge for Eddie Guerrero. Definitely Eddie. Guerrero. I've got
0: I've got one on Eddie. Uh you can listen you? back me me and me and uh Ed my best friend we we did one on Eddie and we talked about did his Did you
1: life. ever watch that um the dark side of the ring about the Chris Benoit story.
0: I, I did. It's a it's a fantastic documentary.
1: If no one on this podcast has ever watched it, which I highly doubt, I feel like people. If you're listening to this, you've watched it. Watch it. If you want to cry, you want a good cry. Watch that podcast. Oh yeah,
0: it's very it's it's very uplifting. It's very powerful. You saw the relationship between Benoit and and Eddie, and then you know Jericho was was very instrumental in in this series because he was like the narrator for most of this. And he helped bring uh, Nancy Benoit's sister, Sandra, and uh, uh, Christian Benoit's son David from his first his son marriage, David, yeah, back together. You know, because after Chris di- uh Benoit died, uh, they kind of lost contact. But now they're they're a family again. They reuni- He reunited them. He and, did. You know, we talk about all this like
1: fun stuff that Jericho did. Look at that beautiful, like. Look at that! Look what he's done there. Like with he reunited that that broken family, which I'm not going to get too much into that because that's a very touchy subject for a lot of people. But that's, and you know, it, he just has a great heart in that sense. You know,
0: I will kind of end the podcast on this here. I have a couple. Uh, I have a pretty funny story. I don't know if I've ever told it on this podcast before. So, the first time I've met Chris Jericho twice. I second time I met him, he was doing a book signing up in uh, Woodridge. And uh, I got uh, the the uh, I can't remember the name of the book. Uh, no is a four-letter word. How I how I failed in spelling and, and succeeded in everything else. Met Jericho, super nice guy. Uh, the first time I met Chris Jericho, it was the Uproar Festival in 2011, and they were doing a th- uh, like a sale where if you bought a band CD, you can meet the band. And Shine Down was playing, so I bought Shine Down CD. And Jericho's band Fozzy was playing, and at this time he was written off TV. Him and uh, Dolph Ziggler refuting for the Money in the Bank briefcase, and there was an episode on Raw where it was Ziggler's briefcase versus uh, his contract versus Jericho's WWE contract. So I bought the CD to to meet Fozzy. Mainly, it was to meet Jericho, and you I go to. All- <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I I'm like, you know, going down the line. And there's Chris Jericho, the Ayatollah of rock and roll, fucking fucking Y2J, Le Champion. Well, he wasn't Le Champion yet, but still, Chris Jericho's right there in front of me. And this is the first wrestler I ever met. I'm I'm super nervous. His arms are huge. You know, like when you see him on TV next to a guy like Batista or The Undertaker, you know, he's kind of a smaller guy, but he's jacked, man. He's super jacked. So I'm talking to Jericho. Talking to Jericho, I'm like, "Hey, Jericho, how's it going, man?" He's like, "Hey, what's up, man? How are you?" Like, "I'm doing good, man." Like, that was great set. I've never seen you guys play before. I'm like, "Oh, thanks, man. Thanks, really, really appreciate. it. Glad you had a good time." And then I said, "Like, yeah, man. You're, you know, you're one of my favorite wrestlers. Been watching since I was a kid. You know, a big fan." He's like, "Oh, thanks, man. Thank you." And I said, "Like, I said, I hope you're going to be at uh, Mania next year because WrestleMania 29 was going to be a MetLife the following year." And he tells me, he's like, "Ah, oh, I don't know, man. I mean," I think we're touring around that time, so I'm not sure. And I'm like, all right, man. Like, like ah, it sucks. I would love to see it because I want to go. Hopefully you'd be there. But anyway, man, thank you. Uh, really great meeting you. Super cool. Uh, enjoy the rest of the tour. Enjoy the rest of your day, man. He's like, thanks, man. You too. Have have fun. Enjoy the rest of the show. Um, so fast forward to the Royal Rumble in 2012. I'm at the Fridays. That was on Route 17 North in uh, in uh, Wood. Uh, Woodridge no yeah it was Woodridge sorry 17 that, North yeah it's now a hotel the Friday isn't there sorry that bookstore was in Ridgewood earlier my my apologies but anyway I'm um, there with my best friend Ed and that Friday's mm. used to play wrestling pay-per-views and we went there to go watch the rumble and Dolph Ziggler was the number one entrance in that run the, and the time in that raw rumble and he grabs the microphone he says like Cut my music. Listen, I don't give a damn what... And At the time, he's kind of feuding with AJ Lee. AJ Lee was the Raw General Manager and everything. Oh, no, Vicky Guerrero was the Raw General Manager. And he's like, I don't give a damn who they put in. Give me anybody you want. It doesn't matter who you're going to put me in number two. I will beat them down. I will prove that I am the best. And then what do you hear is, break the walls down. Jericho's number two, and the crowd lose lost their fucking <laughs> minds. I lose my fucking mind. I'm like, oh, my God. It was one of those very, it was a total surprise. No one thought it was going to happen. It it was airtight. Dirt sheets didn't get a hold of this story, and Jericho surprised the crowd. And I'm like, oh, my God, Jericho's here. And then as me and my buddy are freaking out, like, you know, Jericho's there. He gets in the ring, and then he goes to me. He's like, CJ, didn't you meet Jericho in the summertime? I'm like, yeah, I did. Didn't he say he was touring with Fozzie around that time? <laughs> I'm like, son of a bitch, Jericho worked me. He did. <laughs> I, got, I got worked by Chris he Jericho. Lied he lied to me. But hey, That's man, man he I'm did. glad it's a surprise. And who the hell knows if he had, had it planned that far in advance. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But at the same time, it was so great. I mean, and then Jericho, you know, he wor- he worked that WrestleMania against Fondango of all people. But at the time, Fondango was like he was getting a lot of traction, especially then after WrestleMania, where everyone's singing his theme song. You know, Jericho puts over Fondango. Uh, meeting Jericho was really cool. Chris Jericho. Oh, I would love to meet him when the pan- this pandemic is over and we can meet and actually, like shake people's hands, take pictures of people again. We'll definitely go to a signing or something with him. Jericho uh to me is he's done so much in his career. He's that for me just his stuff from Shawn Michaels in two thousand eight all the way to the stuff he's done now to me has solidified him as the greatest of all time and the work he has done and he's always been consistently at a top level and he's always married uh been able to stay relevant. Uh, the best I, in the world at what he does, man. Exactly. I guess we'll kind of close with this, Fozzie. What would you say Chris Jericho means to you as a wrestling fan, as he is your favorite wrestler? What does he mean to you? And. What, yeah, what, is, what does he mean to you?
1: Listen, man, and anything in life, like what he means to me from the day he started wrestling till now is. You, you, you can't give up on your dreams and you just got to keep doing everything you do with a hundred percent. So what he means to me is like, he's the type of guy who you have to look up to and realize if you give it your hundred percent, no matter what, no matter who's watching, no matter who's listening to you, you're going to get on top. And he's been doing this for 30 years and look at how much of us. Like, I, I know I said this before, a superstar he is. How he's an author of three or four books, a a frontman of a great rock band, and, you know, Le Champion of, like, you know, of AEW. Like, what he means to me is, you know, you just can't give up and you gotta follow your dreams and that's all I have to say,
0: you know, you gotta thrive to be the greatest. The GOAT. And he is the GOAT. He is the fucking goat. Well, I think we'll end it there. We are at an hour and thirty-three minutes. This is actually a pretty decent time. Anyway, buddy, uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Any final notes? Is there anything you'd like to tell people? Anything you got going on, or that kind of riding off the sun? Dude, now. just thank thank you for
1: your ha- thank you for having me. Um, of course, you're always welcome. I appreciate it a lot, man. Uh, you know. I hope some someday someone talks about us in a podcast. You know, hopefully we thrive <laughs> to our goals and we succeed. And you know, that's all I have to say. You we know, hope let's we can keep going
0: for greatness. We can hope and pray, buddy. Thank you so much yeah, for coming man. on. Anyway, thank, you. thank thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Not another wrestling podcast. Thank you to uh, Le Champion Chris Jericho for his amazing contribution to the wrestling world. Who knows where we would be if he was not around. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. You can find us uh, on any podcast format you listen to on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm pod peens about everywhere you can look up if you go to anchor.fm's actual website we have the entire list of where you can find all our formats the full list at uh, search the not another wrestling podcast follow us on twitter at TNAWP like us on facebook at at the not another wrestling podcast also follow us on instagram at the not another wrestling podcast so for for my good buddy Fozzie and for CJ Palmisano thank you so much for listening and we'll see you all next time